Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, 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 every day I'm Welcome to a Cigar Hustlers Podcast, where we take a closer look at the people of the cigar industry with your host, Mike and Mike. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike. Uh, how you been? It's been a long time since I've seen you. I, I missed you tremendously, oh, my friend. Oh, you're so sweet. It is, uh, I feel like it's been a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah, because uh, I was in uh, China, and then when I got back, you were gone. How, how was China? Uh, smelly, dirty, a lot of people, just like always. Smelly, dirty, a lot of people. Weird food. Sounds like a, a place to be. Uh, yeah, well, we had, it was a good trip. I got everything done I was supposed to do. Uh, you know, your brother came along. He had a great time. Yes. And then you guys went ahead and did a, a podcast without me. Yeah, that didn't go as well. Well, you know, it's it, listen, it's it's a talent. It uh, well, well, we've developed a, a give and take, as as you know, with this. And uh, your brother didn't want to give any, and uh, I took all I could take. <laughs> the sad part about that is that um, Mr. Island Jim is he's got some fucking stories. And you didn't get anything out of him. No, he, uh, before he sat down, he said, I, I, I hate doing these. Uh, I, I'm not going to enjoy this. And that's pretty much how it went after that. So, because I know Island Jim fairly well, there's a there's a trick to having him on a podcast, which I probably should have given you the information. Is, is it the uh, the seven beers before you it's start? It's correct. Yeah, yeah. I would no. say it's about five. Five? You got to make sure that you have plenty of Heinekens, at least four or five, and then, you, then you'll get the, the, the absolute truth. Nothing. We did find out he met his current girlfriend on Match.com, which is pretty cool. That was a good start. Yeah, but, um, but it was a very short story. <laughs> met her on Match.com. We went for pizza, and then she never left. <laughs> pretty much. And that'll be it. Went. So if I can just go outside now. Yeah. Are we done? No, I'm done. I can go back outside. So um, I'm obviously I obviously have a raspy voice. I thought it was a new thing. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah, it's a thing but that I'm the, going uh, for. It's a knob I adjusted over here on the board. My eldest son brought home a uh, stomach virus from school. Which was then passed to my youngest son, which then consecutively blew up my wife and myself all the same fucking time. That's that's the way it works. Another when they get older, you don't have that problem because when they're sick, you just lock them in their room. Uh, well, I mean, at this point, they you know they were in charge of the house, so <laughs> they were kind of they just did whatever they wanted. We we are in control now. It worked. Uncle Greg brought the McDonald's. I'm like, fuck it. Did he it. just throw it in the door and shut it? He, just, no, he didn't even throw it at the door. He left it at the front door. <laughs> And then bailed, and then called me when he was in the car, saying, hey, It's safe now, open the door. Hey, the food's at the door. I was like, thanks so much, man. So prior to me dying, I went. I was obviously out and about with um, Mr. Rosales of Romacraft. Hit a few shops, did a couple of events out in, uh, in Philadelphia and, and uh, Pittsburgh. Shout out to my boys at BNB, Mr. Vince Hill. <clears throat> it looked like you had a good time. Yeah. Photos and stuff. Dude, you know, we had a, there's a great squad there. Um Nick at Nickstagram and came out and joined us from New York, which is pretty badass. Um, oh, he's a he's a big supporter of the show. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. A, good, he's a good egg, you know. And uh, Ellis Philly is a is like a, a main fucking stay at the uh, at that shop, which is really cool. And then you know what's really cool about this industry is you get kind of developed with guys that are all over the place, and they'll come in and and, and see and hang out with you. Like um, my boy Mo came in from Jersey. Um, you know, Tat Latmo, shout out to Tat Latmo. Trying to make sure I cover everybody, but I'm not going to. And then, of course, my original, my first friend in the cigar industry, Mr. Jacques Smith, came out from Baltimore, Maryland, and drove all the way up. He started the Cigar Hustler Cigar Club with me. Oh, that guy, okay. I know eight years is. ago. So I never met the guy. Oh. But, you know, we've had correspondence, obviously, forever. What's going on with your phone? Everything okay? I don't know. No, no I don't know. I can't tell what's going on. <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, that was really. That's what's really cool for me about the cigar industry is, you know, you get to meet everybody from all different walks of life, and they go out of the way to hang out with you, and you go out of the way to hang out with them. You right. Know? Well, that's what the cigars are about. Right. So I apologize for everybody who I did not include on my on my trip. I also went to uh, Leaf and Bean. Uh, yeah, that was the day when Jim was here. You were there. In Pittsburgh. He said you were in charge of his shop while he was here. Horrible life decision for me. <laughs> Because it's like a five-hour drive from Philly to Pittsburgh. Oh. And I literally drove just for his event and then drove back to another event at Philadelphia Cigar Club the next so day. ten hours in the car? Oh, just yeah. spent the night so there, I Yeah, I spent the night there, so I'd get up early, do the event, and then commit suicide. 
You ever do a hundred in a uh, Ford Escape? Not on purpose. Yeah, I don't think it was fully intentional for me either. But, you know, going down the mountain, I'm like, oh, shit, hitting turns. <laughs> it was definitely very, very interesting, to say the very least. Is it hot in here? It seems hot in here today. I think that you're just on crack or something. Oh. Why am I getting your illness? Maybe too much cocaine. Well, well. <coughs> so I hope you fine, get the illness. That fine line. It would make me really happy if what you got it? the illness. I mean, for Heather Thank and Felix, not so much. much. I wouldn't be happy for them. But, you know. So, are you ready to do the intro? Let's go. All right. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Mike, too. And this is the Cigar Hustlers Podcast. I, I did it with your brother. Wasn't as much fun. Uh, no, but it was cool. I listened to the intro. It was, it was, that was nice. Ah. Okay, uh, introduce Mr. Felix. We have a Mr. Felix. I'm going to totally murder ball your last name, but it's okay because you would murder ball my last name, too. How do I say it? Asseline? Asseline. Oh, very good. Oh, not bad. Yeah, not bad. Um, what's the name of your cigar company? It's uh, Felix Asseline Cigars. Okay. We need to get a little closer to the mic there, Felix. Yeah, please. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. All right, so we're going to kind of get to know you and uh, annoy the shit out of you until you're like, all right, why the hell did I get on this podcast? And, um, and then, uh, why did Heather bring me here? Uh, yeah, thank I you so much to, for... I blame her then. So, so they were actually supposed to be here yesterday, but I was deathly ill, so I appreciate you hanging out and, uh, and uh, sticking around for another day and then coming over. It's very nice of you. My um, pleasure. So my, for the first note that I have here is in 1997, um, you started as a, as a retailer? Yes. Okay. So where did you well, start? Actually, out? retailer and distributor. Okay. Where at? In the uh, first in Los Angeles. In L. A. In L. A. And um, my brother, my cousin, had uh, talked me into trying cigars, and I find I liked them very much. And then, uh, we decided to open a store. So I started calling up all these uh, manufacturers, and no one wanted to open this uh, an account. So I flew down to Miami and knocked on doors until I until I bought cigars. And then when I no came shit. back, yeah. In fact, that first uh, the first person that sold me cigars was Puros Indios. No and kidding. Yep. So, in fact, uh, when I was in the store, there was a, he said, no, I'm not opening, I'm not opening anybody, I'm not uh, selling any cigars. And there was a gentleman there from Canada, and uh, we, I speak French, so we were talking to each other. He says, don't leave, just stay here, talk to him, he'll sell you cigars. So we ended up uh, buying cigars, and I came back to Los Angeles with uh, $50,000 worth of cigars, I'm thinking, wait a second, why should I open the store where nobody has cigars. Let me sell it to them. So that's what we did. We right. sold them to all the, the stores that had no cigars. So you started, so you got a distributor's license, I guess, because LA, California is kind of okay, weird, right? Yeah. I mean, I know it's definitely weird now. I, I don't know exactly how weird it was back in 1997. Actually, it was very good because I had hotels and bars, all kinds of, uh, uh, we had a very, very nice uh, uh, clientele. And uh, I realized that something was going to be happening. So we moved to uh, Miami. And three months later, all uh, there was a law that passed, no cigars, no no hotels, uh, no bars. So all that business went away. So we just had, uh, so I'm glad we did that. So we you kind of like, so you got in during like the boom. Right. Right. Where you could sell anything, right? I mean. Which we didn't because thank God, because we ended up when the boom, uh, uh, when the boom ended, I ended up with a lot of good cigars. Right. That I, even though I paid much more for, I could sell. Right. Where somebody, uh, some of these strange brands just died and cigars you couldn't give them away. Okay, so what made you decide to get into the cigar industry? Let me ask you that. Well, it's exactly what I told you before. What happened is that my cousin uh, uh, kept what? talk. Okay, so what did you do before that? What I did? Well, yeah. I, uh, I, s I actually opened up a uh, credit card processing company. Oh, shit. Yeah, I did that. Uh, I was always That's quite the jump from uh, credit cards to cigars. Well, in that time, between I was actually in in, uh, in school at the AFI, American F uh, Film Institute, in Los Angeles, uh, writing screenplays. Oh wow! So that's why I had a lot of you know I was writing. So he said, "Well, you know what? We can open the store. You can write, and I can we can sell cigars." Yeah. So uh, he finally kept talking to me about trying cigars, and I said, "Listen, stop bothering me. I don't <laughs> smoke cigarettes. I don't smoke cigars. I have no interest." And uh, he says, so finally, I, w I told him, listen, give me a cigar. If I like it, we'll talk. If not, then don't bother me anymore. So he gave me a really good cigar. He gave me a Robusto Davidoff. It was really creamy. It was delicious. And I'm like, wow, this is interesting. So then uh, I was interested in, uh, we found a location. And then, uh, then I started calling up people that I was saying to you before. And I couldn't, but I couldn't find anybody to open up a cigar. So I took a, a bunch of catch and came down to Miami and started knocking on doors. So... Now, the the tax system back then in, in L.A. and California, was it just as screwed up as it is now? Or no, it was a very negative. Uh, at the time, there's still 30%, but it was uh, you could live with it. Right. 30% uh, is nothing, is it, not bad now. Now it's like now. 75 yeah. to 80%. So uh, uh, it's very hard for people to have stores there because 
someone that goes in there to buy a seven dollars cigar that we can buy here, they're buying it for twelve dollars over there. So you know they're gonna eventually go online right. and buy it. And now they, and so they don't really believe that it's a store. Right. That it's a state. They believe it's a store trying to jack them up, but it's uh, but it's not. Right. Yeah. Nobody understands that. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of ironic that you know we we actually deal with some stores over in that that region that actually do better selling online than they do in store, absolutely, yeah. and vice versa. So you know you got cigars that are leaving the state, going to other states, and then you got cigars that are coming, coming in, in from other states, which is uh, pretty fascinating. Um, so you said that you were working on you had so you didn't have any retail stores at all. Or at the time, no. But no. then when we came to uh, Miami, we opened up uh, four stores eventually. All right, so it, it just kind of dried up over in California. It just you didn't it didn't work out. Like you had a few locations. I just had an instinct. You know what? If I'm still going to be in wholesale, I could do wholesale much better in Miami by buying cigars directly there and then shipping them everywhere. So uh, gotcha. So it was uh, so it was not that I, I wasn't stuck to an actual uh, uh, brick and mortar place that could move. Right. Okay. So then that, that makes sense. I mean, you're right here where the cigars are coming in. Right. So you decided to open up your own retail shops as well. Right. And we called them uh, Cigaros del Mundo, which is uh, uh, Cigars of the World. Okay. Where's that at? Down in Miami? or? Yes, it was in, uh, well, no, Miami. It was more like Dania Beach, which is okay. right by Fort Lauderdale Airport. Uh, we had uh, one in uh, uh, Las Olas. Oh, those are, that's two good spots. And then we had also, uh, we had a, uh, a cart in the Hard Rock Cafe, which we did very well with. The Fort Lauderdale one? or Yeah, Fort Lauderdale. Very cool. Did it, have you been down there recently? No, I haven't. I know they're changing. They, they're even building a, a, a hotel out of a guitar. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. this thing is huge. It's fucking. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it at all, Mike. But it's like. No. So they have a big, a huge hotel right now, and now they're building this hotel that looks like a guitar that makes the other thing look like a, a guitar going up. Yeah. Oh it's wow! Gigantic, and well, it makes it was down, dude. Nobody would see it. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah, <laughs> I guess you're right. And like, I'm driving down to Miami. I'm like, what the hell is that? I'm like, oh, oh yeah, shit! You see it from the turnpike, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's gigantic, man. It makes the other hotel look super small. Well, that's very the, cool. Uh, that's the violin compared to it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right, so you got a few shops going. Um, and then what happens? Well, I learned how to smoke cigars. Okay. So it's uh, that's uh, I th- actually people don't know, but it's actually almost like an art to learn how to smoke cigar and to learn the nuances of it. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Mike just moved the, the mic because I was moving. Uh, and then uh, I s- learned how to sell other people's cigars. And I did, uh, thank, thank God I did very well with that. So I decided, you know what, now it's time to uh, see if I can make my own because I get bored with things. So I wanted to see if I can make my own. So uh, we went to Dan Lee, which I realized a lot of, uh, Dan Lee Honduras, I realized that a lot of uh, companies had their uh, factories there, and I like what I saw, so well, we opened the factory there to make cigars. Okay, so l- let me slow you down one second. What was the cigar, what, what was the manufacturer that you worked with the best back then that you sold the most? Let me ask you that. Uh, uh, our biggest was uh, General, Altadis, Fuente. Okay, so you worked you worked with some big dogs. Bahia, we, we sold a lot of it at the time, it was a huge uh, cigar. We sold the uh, Davidoff. And you uh, wholesaled all of those. Yes, yeah, so and Davidoff, I was selling out. Of, I was buying it out of the country, so uh, no they shit. They, they weren't too happy with it now. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's, it's a hustle. You got to do what you got to do. Well, I was known for uh, getting hard to get cigars in a, in a in a boom era. Right. And even though I was charging more because I was paying more for it, right. you were able to sell it. At least they can say, "Oh, it's on my shelf. You can buy it." You know, we were selling more of it. Uh, we're selling it a little more, and uh, but it's there. We had also we did. Uh, we did a lot of business with Ashton. We did a lot of business with uh, all the guys, really. Okay. I, I, knew, I, I, I knew all of them, uh, from uh, Rocky to uh, Kaizad, all of them. So you did a lot of the, uh, the the core line brands back in the day. Was that around 2000, 2003? 2000, yeah. And the, the, from the 98 until all the way up until 2005, 2006. When you decided to uh, get into making your own. Right. Well, I was still selling uh, other people's cigars. Right. But I was just making my own at the time also. So where did you go to make uh, your own cigars? Well, we opened a factory in Danley, which was, which was right across the street from Camacho uh, uh, Factory. In Honduras? In Honduras, in Danley. And then it took me uh, six months to actually learn how to blend the cigar. Right. And uh, it's not just taking a couple of leaves and putting them together. It's, just, it's uh, basically learning the nuances of each leaf, half a leaf here or, or uh, 
and uh, how a whole wrapper would change 60% of the cigar. Right. Uh, so every uh, month or every two weeks, I would go down to Honduras, blend the cigar, bring it back to Miami, give it to my friend, we'd smoke it, go back and forth for six months until I learned uh, uh, basically how to, how to do it. So opening a factory from the ground up has got to be difficult, right? I mean, did you, it, there's got, you have to have pairs, right? You got to have a guy that's running the whole factory. How did you go about acquiring all those people? Well, it was very strange because here I don't speak Spanish. Right. I found someone that spoke Spanish, spoke English and Spanish to translate for me, and we hired. We had the over 150 people working at the at the time. Oh shit. And uh, uh, I, it's a podcast nobody really can see, but but Heather is actually smoking one of the cigars that we made over 15 years ago. Ah, uh, and, uh, no shit. Yeah, the CSBs, uh, and they're absolutely delicious. We sell them. Uh, we have people selling them online now for. Uh, Anywhere from fifteen to eight, twenty-one, twenty, twenty-five dollars a piece. Oh shit! She's smoking the profits over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Her husband's out in the lounge, and she saw it too, or he saw it too, and he's like, "Oh, what's that? Yeah. Where's yeah. that? <laughs> Where, where's mine, honey?" Uh, yeah. No, because yesterday uh, we were in an event. We had a very nice event, and uh, where what was tap room? There you go. Yeah. Yeah. And I brought three Salomons, Connecticut, which was a seven and seven and a half inch uh, by fifty-eight, and uh, we. She smoked one, John smoked one, her husband, and I did. And it was absolutely incredible. Like every five minutes, I'm like, what do you like it? Like it? She's like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really strange because people don't understand that uh, a good cigar ages well with time and becomes even better. But right. a bad cigar stays bad no matter how long you have it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's very true. So you That's my line, by the way. Can, you guys can't steal it. Damn it. Okay. <sighs> I was just writing that down. I got to record it. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, good. That's right. <laughs> so you open your own factory. And, w- and at that point, the the cigars were called Felix. No, the, the, no, we could. The, we the, the, our factory was called Omega Tobaccos. Okay. And we were selling them under our, our company here uh, under CDM, which is Cigar of the Mundo. And uh, we had two brands at the time. We had CSB, and uh, we opened up also Ego uh, brand. And uh, and I was buying uh, tobacco from uh, Nicaragua and Honduras. Okay. And then after a while, it's like you know what. My next step should be really growing my own tobacco. Right. So we bought land in Hamashrang, which is a really fertile, amazing uh, place to, to to grow tobacco, and that's what we started doing. So you started. So you actually owned your own fields too. Yeah. No, we still do. We have our own fields in uh, Hamashrang, and we have uh, now we are buying fields in uh, Jalapa, Nicaragua. No shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, those those are, that's got to be tough to come across. I mean, is it easy to buy fields right now in uh, in Nicaragua? Yes, it's a, it is very well, you just have to pay Maybe price. lately, because nobody well, wants to go there at the moment. That's like, that happened this week. <laughs> you know, obviously there's a well, you can also rent, political unrest. Right. You can also rent per season. You can rent uh, as many manzanas as you, you know, which is a little bit more, a little bigger than an acre. You can buy as many, you can rent them for the season, and you can rent them twice, uh, twice a year if you want. So you can grow as much as you want. That's pretty cool. That's kind of neat to know. So... Um, so what happens next? So you have your own factory, and then you you know you're acquiring some fields. Um, around 2007, you decided to get out of the industry. Well, what happened is that uh, I, had, uh, I have a son who's uh, handicapped, so needed a lot of our time, and uh, my wife's mom passed away. So uh, I was, you know what, time is wasting. It's good to be with your family. So I sold everything and uh, spent five years with my family. That's. I mean, that's got to be hard, dude. I don't know how how hard you do. Very hard to take care. Of, you know, yeah. just to, to deal with you know a, a son that's not that's handicapped. Yeah. You know, I it mean, is. But you know what? Uh, he's a treasure. So of course, uh, I, lo- I love being with him, and uh, I uh, we have uh, five children. So I had the greatest time being with my family. And eventually, it was. I knew that eventually I would have to do something because you know how long can you stay? Uh, uh, at home right with your family even though we, we had a great time going around and uh, visiting and uh, uh, after a while I needed to do something and then uh, an opportunity came to open another business and uh, I tried something else and I didn't uh, uh, it wasn't my fit right and, uh, so what was that it was actually setting up a company for uh, accounting okay so I'm good at putting things together like that right but then the uh, the the I love putting things together, but afterwards I figured, well, you know what? I'm gonna have to actually work at this. <laughs> and this is like a full time <laughs> job. Full time job. It's not that? just uh, so I said no. Uh, and then uh, it was like, well, let's do cigars. And I'm like, cigars again? We already did that yeah. shit. Yeah, been there, done that, honey. Let's like think of something else. So 
I ended but up. But you did it so well, though. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's, uh, it's a tremendous business because this is a business where you, first of all, uh, two strangers can meet from different walks of life, and all of a sudden you're friends right. by smoking a cigar. And then uh, also, who goes to buy a cigar? Then not when they're depressed. Right. Not when they're unhappy. They want to go smoke a cigar to, to relax, to enjoy themselves. So it's a, uh, a very, very uh, interesting business in that, uh, in that uh, point of view. And then uh, you, s you see people that it's also people don't realize how small of a, uh, of a industry it is. People know each other. Oh yeah. It's super small. Super small. So uh, I may not know you, but you know someone that I know, and then they know me. So eventually, we all know each other. It's like of course, Kevin Bacon. Uh, right. The, 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 oh yeah, the, the six six degrees. Six of, degrees yeah. of separation. Yeah. Well, I know Jack Toronto, and Jack Toronto knows everybody. That's all that matters. <laughs> right. It's a true story. All right. So obviously, accounting and uh, and all that didn't wasn't going to be your fit. So you decided to to start making cigars in Esteli. No, actually, what I decided to say, I said, you know what? Even though I really don't need them or I don't need their approval, let me go back and see how I'm going to be accepted by the people at the, uh, in the industry. So it just happened that there was a, an IPCPR to, uh, two, three weeks later. So I said, let me go. So I did, and there was I was welcomed so well and so... Uh, uh, like a warm? Very warm. Right. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, it's good. Let's do it. So, and... Uh, I wanted to go back to Dan Lee and open the factory there because that's what I knew and that's where I had the field. And every time, it just how uh, coincidences and things happen, every time that I tried to get a reservation, for some reason something happened in, uh, in terms of, uh, of uh, conflict. So then I decided, you know what, why don't we just go to Managua and just drive across because that's what I used to do, drive across uh, Nika 1 and you end up eventually, you pass Esteli, two hours later you end up in Los Manos, which is the uh, Honduran border, right. which is I used to do all the time, and then go into Danley, which is an hour later. And we ended up in Esteli, met a friend of mine, who I used to know very well, who used to make boxes and uh, tubes for me, and he said to me, Felix, why are you going there? I said, well, I'm going to go to Danley where, you know, where I was. Uh, no, stay here. You always came here. You like it. People, uh, you can... Uh, you have a lot of pe people, uh, you, you, you used to come here to buy tobacco, you used to come here to make boxes, stay here. Right. So he introduced me to someone who actually showed me a building, which I loved, and we bought it. So that's how we uh, so No we shit. Ended, yeah, so we ended up in SLE. Just like that. Just like that. When it's meant, it's meant. Uh, yeah, I guess so. You, that's that's very true. So you still don't speak a lick of Spanish? No, no, I understand. I mean, I... Uh, you understand enough? I understand enough to uh, to know that if you're translating for me, I know what you, if you're saying right. it right or not, what I just said to you. Right, this so guy's trying to sell me bananas. I don't want bananas. <laughs> yeah, right, tobacco. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's good. So, okay, so, you, so you, you actually own your own building in Esteli. We, yes, uh, I'm very paranoid that way in terms of we own our own building. We grow our own tobacco. We have uh, certain uh, farmers that we deal exclusively with. We make our own boxes. We design our own bands. So, uh, so your boxes are made in, in, in the same building? Right now it was. Now we, we are acquiring another building to make our boxes. Yes, we design our boxes. We make our boxes. Wow, that's crazy, man. I mean, that in itself is a tremendous undertaking. It's crazy that, you know, you've got all this stuff going on and like, I really, I've never, I don't know anything about you, you know, and that's definitely on, 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 on me, right? Well, no, it's not on you. A lot of people say that they don't know, uh, they don't know who I am, but I did a lot of business for many, many years, very quietly. So people knew, uh, right. they weren't advertising that they were able to get cigars that they couldn't get from, from their manufacturers. To, they were not going tell anybody. So, uh, so it was, uh, so it was always a good, well-known secret for a long time. Plus, I made cigars for a lot of private people. Right. And I, they, they don't want me mentioning their names, and I don't want to mention their names. So, uh, but eventually... Well, where's the fun in that? Well, the fun, <laughs> the fun is very you discreet. smoking a cigar. And by the way, you guys are smoking an Eagle Black. Yes. And you haven't said one word about it, and I'm very, very well, we're, surprised. We, we get we, to that we, later. We, oh, later. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can say so it That's now. why I asked but you about the agenda now. earlier. Right. I asked you about the agenda. You didn't tell you. Right. Okay. We like to leave it up in the air. All right. I mean, see... If you listen to the podcast, you would know uh, exactly what's going to happen, which uh, we don't want you to know. Uh -huh. We'd rather so, keep you totally okay. guessing. So that was a know? dig, right? That I didn't listen to. The no, not at all. <laughs> not at all. No, nobody listens. You know, um, the podcast for us is just a toy. It's just something that we like to do. Well, so. it looks like you're doing it very well. So, you yeah, be, you know, you, you must know how to play. Yeah, we do pretty. We're doing. We're, we're learning good. as we're we go. Get, we're getting better at we're it. Getting better at we're it all the time. It. You know, we, we uh, the first couple episodes were terrible. Well, the first one was really bad. We had one microphone in the middle of the table. Right. Oh, so you shared. Yeah, yeah. there was five of us in here, and we all shared. It was, yeah. It was if you if you go onto the podcast and you listen to episode one, we did not give Z and Emil a fair shake at all. And then I decided, you know what? Fuck it. We should throw a bunch of money at this, and you know, we gotta 
I hired a, a producer. He's very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> and when I say expensive, he's free. And, um, you know, we just did uh, got all these mics and, and this board that we don't know what we're doing. But no. everything's turned up, so that's why the sound's probably crazy. But we'll eventually we have, get we it have right. A guy, we have a guy coming in. Yeah. We have a guy. So, um, all right, so you started making your own cigars. Well, let's go ahead and talk about what we're smoking so we'll make Felix yes, warm and comfortable. Yes, yes, yes. We're all uh, smoking the Ego Black. Which is really good, by the it way. It is really good. I had the red one the other day, as you know. It was, uh, I really enjoyed the red one also. Yes. When did you make these? Uh, those about three years ago. Yeah, because when I pulled that off, I saw the, the cellophane, and it was super yellow. I'm like, oh, this is going to be delicious. Yeah. The red one was even darker. Yeah? Yeah, it was very good. Well, what I, uh, what I like to do is actually make, when I make a blend, when I decide on the blend, we just make that cigar for a long time. And then once I, then I make another blend, and I just put them in the humidor and start aging them. And then we just... Uh, knock off from there so we have a lot of cigars always aging right well now we have almost almost 800,000 cigars just aging well that's smart oh, wow yeah so uh, are you, how often are you down in the factory I'm there when we're in production I'm there uh, once uh, a week out of a month uh, okay sometimes two but if I'm not in production then I might go there every once every two months so you have somebody there that's overseeing everything else oh, when you're absolutely. not there we have a few people that I trust. Uh, are they like a partner or are they just um, no no just people that work with but the to me, I feel that the, anyone that works with you is a partner, because right. uh, uh, and also part of the family, because I, I see uh, some of these people from 10 to 12 hours a day, where I wish I could see my family that that much. Right. So uh, if I don't like the people that I'm working with, then why have them around? And why, if you don't trust them, then why have them around also? That's true. That's true. Because, I, I mean, I saw knockoff Eagle Blacks. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll taste them right away. Yeah, right. Exactly. You would know for sure. Well, that's pretty crazy, man. That you got eight hundred thousand sticks. Um, that you got your own factory. That you know you, you've done, done a lot of stuff. I also want to say that you are, have had a cigar in your hand this entire time, but you haven't lit it yet. Which is kind of like, you know, whenever we have somebody on the podcast, if they light it, they don't get to smoke it anyways, which is pretty funny. Well, you told me earlier not to make any noise or anything else, so I know I'm going to be puffing. Puffing's okay. That's right. kind of like you and know, just enjoy it later on. Right. That's it's actually one of our new blends. Uh, and this is the first time that I'm actually in, uh, sharing some of our new blends within the, a month and a half of me making the cigar. Oh, really? So, uh, and actually, I sent them. Uh, we had the, uh, on our a few uh, cigar uh, sites that we that we work with. I actually sent the people. That I told people that if they review one of our cigars that they smoked and they bought, I will send them one of our new blends. So we had a tremendous. Uh, uh, expectation. We had tremendous return for that. That's cool. Yeah, you just kind of start building a hype. Mm-hmm. Are you concerned about uh, FDA at all or anything like that with the newer I blends? Mean, if I said I wasn't, I would be a fool. Right. And if I said I was, then I would still be a fool because no one knows exactly what the FDA is doing. And I don't. So uh, every day we have, uh, and I know that we did all the warning labels and we did all the uh, uh, work that we were uh, registration of the cigars and uh, the, the blends, and they came back and said, well, you don't have to do all of the egos because one ego is everything. So now that's why we're building up the egos because they were, were pre-2007. So we have ego blue, we have ego black, we have ego white, we have, we're coming out with an ego gold. So I can make, uh, uh, so I can grow that, that brand, I can grow the brand of CSB, I can grow the brand of Havana Sunrise and all the other brands that we had prior to that. Right, because that's all predicate tape. Right. Okay, very cool. Oh, you just hit a button over there. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, he wasn't recording the, all this time. He wasn't recording. No, all no, this time, right? I, I cigared <laughs> the, the the end of my uh, microphone, so I turned it off so I could wipe it off. Oh, very nice. I, I hit it with the ash. So we got a couple of questions. That was the first time you saw me hit a button. Right, I'm like, oh Jesus! He hit, <laughs> he he hit a button on the motherboard. Button. Oh, yeah, no. It was the record button, right, Mike? Yeah, exactly. No, now, now we're starting. Now this is it. Welcome uh, to cigar. We had that problem early on too. Poor Pedro. Yeah, yeah. We lost the first half. That was a good interview. So, anyways, we have a few questions that we like to ask all of our uh, interview. What do we call people that we interview? Interviewees, guests, 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 guests. Yes. prisoners. All our prisoners. prisoners. All our prisoners. Yep. Subjects. All right. Uh, we ask the same four questions, everybody, uh, and only they have to be in a certain order. See, that's very sneaky because I asked you before. Well, do you have any agenda? No, we don't have an agenda. We just go lose. Uh, that's why we sneak. Nice opening in. up the book. I open up number the book. one, number two, number three. See, we yes. act like we don't have our shit together, yeah, but exactly. we but we really do. do. Okay. All right, first question. What one person, living or dead, would you like to have a cigar with? That's a very hard question. I know. Yes. Because if they were dead, I don't really want to have a cigar with them. Well, we'd bring them back to life. Right? Oh, Just oh, for okay. you. Okay. Yeah, like, dead guys don't smoke. And <laughs> right now, thank God, I really smoke with the people I love the most. So, And I have a, 
we have a really wonderful uh, uh, coterie of friends that uh, started out as customers, became friends. Uh, every week we get together at a, at a local place and we uh, a Cuban cigar, uh, Cuban restaurant that we can actually smoke outside. And now they come into my house to smoke a cigar on a Saturday night. So uh, I think I'm okay with, uh, I smoke with the best people in the world. So is there somebody famous that kind of shaped you as an individual in life that you'd say that if you could go Clint back? Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood? Sure. Okay. Grew up with Clint Eastwood. So that's, that's your dude, huh? Isn't yeah. that what, that's what Jim said too, right? Um, no, he didn't say, uh, John Wayne. Oh, that's like the same person. Uh, no. I think John, <laughs> John, I think John Wayne could, could kick Clint Eastwood's ass. All right, Clint All right. Eastwood. That's question, a good one, man. Question, well, I grew up so, in Morocco, so, uh. Uh, there, the uh, spaghetti western was very, very strong. So right. we had the, for a few dollars more, for a fistful of dollars, for ah, good, yes. the bad, and the ugly. So, uh, and he had that. Uh, I mean, I, I knew nothing about cigars then because I was a little boy. Right. But at the time, he had that cheroot that he moved around. Right. You know that he moved, when he moved it from one end of the mouth to the yeah. other side, somebody's getting killed. <laughs> 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 so that was cool. Awesome. So right. you don't make any cheroots yet, right? No, no. I, I think they're good to look at. I don't know if anybody wants to smoke them. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it really depends on the tobacco, I guess. And you're really kind of limited size. All right, next question. Best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Best piece? Of, you should, see, you should have given me these questions before. Like, no, nope. then you think about, about them. No, that, that, that would give you a good answer. See, we want you to have the response that when you leave, you're like, fuck, I should have said this. Well, the, the best piece of advice that anyone had given me was would be my father. And my father said to me, you know what? You only have one thing in your going for you and that's your name so don't ever dirty it and at the time I was young I didn't understand it right. and eventually I understood yeah my name is Felix Asseline so if so if I do something wrong to one person he's gonna remember that and he's gonna tell you and he's gonna tell the other person so you dirty your name right so the best thing to, to do is to clean leave your name clean always protect your reputation mm-hmm. very good all right what's your favorite cigar my, my, my own which one the which last one? one I smoked which is which is, uh, well, I guess it was CSB. Today oh. it's Ego. Okay. So, cigar smoke. so, other than your brand, obviously, what's the cigar that you that you like the most? I used, to, well, I told you before that I used to smoke uh, Davidoff, and again, I guess, I guess I'm a cigar snob where uh, uh, I, I had my, uh, many of my friends that uh, I grew up in the business with in terms of like Padron and uh, Fuente and everything else. So, they all gave me good cigars to smoke. So, uh, and I, I enjoyed a lot of cigars, but then, uh, as, as I said to you before, learning how to smoke, you actually start picking up the nuances of each cigar. So sometimes a leaf may, uh, something may bother you about a cigar that you think is a great cigar, and then all of a sudden it's like, you know what, let me try something else, and something that nobody knows turns out to be an amazing, uh, amazing cigar. Right. So, uh, and the problem with cigars, as you know, is the blend changes with time, because obviously tobacco can't always be the same tobacco, so, so a crop may change the, uh, the total, uh, uh, blend of the cigar. So sometimes a cigar you had two years ago may be a little different than you had today. So you can't say, well, that, that was the best cigar because it's different. Right. So I feel like you should really just give up cigars as a whole and just become a politician because you didn't fucking answer the question <laughs> at all. No, I did. I answered that. I said I smoked the CSB and I smoked yeah. the Eagle. Come on, Mike. I answered my question. But if, you, okay? but if there was a cigar... like he sort of hinted at the Davidoff. Yeah. So, Dav- so but, but he rolled it out very yeah, nicely. Yeah, he did. It was very nicely done. Very but well, we're not letting you off the hook, unfortunately. Because I'm completely so, lost. I have no idea. So... <laughs> So, if there was a particular Davidoff that you could smoke for the rest of your life, if, like back in the day, maybe there was a particular Davidoff that you had that you're like, "Wow, this is amazing," or maybe something had occurred. Maybe well, they, they came out with they came out with a where they came out with a very dark, heavy wrapper. Yeah. At the time about ten years ago, that was delicious. That I used to smoke that all the time. Right. Now that's just Davidoff. Now uh, I don't want to say, "Oh yeah, that's most ex- that's uh, because it's an expensive cigar." But I used to. Uh, it doesn't matter. Well, you know what I actually loved smoking is a friend of mine that worked for Fuente gave me a box of, of Candelas. Yeah? Yeah. And those cigars are very strange to smoke. And I used to smoke two or three a day and they would give me the biggest headache. Oh but, shit. Oh yeah, they give you a headache right in the middle of your forehead. Uh, well for me anyway. And uh, I enjoyed smoking a green cigar. It was really cool. So uh, it was, I know a lot of people are not used to it and uh, and it's not a very popular uh, right. rapper, but it was uh, I, at the time I enjoyed it tremendously. Even though it gave you a headache, you still kept smoking them. Well, it gave me a headache. You take an aspirin the next day, you smoke another one. <laughs> if it tastes <laughs> good, and, you know, those are sacrifices you got to make. I mean, look, you get hammered, drunk, yeah, wake up, get a fucking hangover. Like, like, you know, I got to get a drink. I'm, and feel uh, better. I'm never gonna do that again until in the morning. Until when the it's next time day. for a Bloody Mary or some shit. All right, next. 
Um, but, but, but what I hate that book, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I, I love that book. Yeah. What <laughs> fictional character would you like to have a cigar with? A fictional character. Yeah, yeah. movie character. Could be from a book. Somebody from a book. TV, TV show. show. Oh, I know. It's uh, Caitlin Strong. Who's that? I okay. see. Don't know. I, that's why oh, we're here. Okay. So I could you learn. said Caitlin. I thought he was going Caitlin Jenner. No, it's Caitlin <laughs> <laughs> Strong. It's, it's actually a series of books by uh, this man called John Land, and she's a, a badass Texas Ranger. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah. She's so very, very cool. So she's uh, she blows people away. She's uh, very, very cool. So I wouldn't mind hanging out with her and her boyfriend and smoking a couple cigars. That, that would be cool. So do you read a lot of books? Oh yeah, that's uh, that's my uh, uh, that's my sickness. A lot of fictional stuff or F- everything, everything. I love reading. Uh, uh, I'm a Jew, so I sm- <laughs> so I read a lot of uh, Torah and I read a lot of uh, fictional books and I read about self help. I just love reading books and I think it's uh, it's funny because I go to the library every couple weeks to get books for my kids. And uh, we always pick. I always pick up twenty to thirty books. No I'm shit. Like, oh yeah, every year, a couple of weeks for my kids. And the people behind it, it's like, this is uh, what you did for your children is amazing because they love their books and they're always, you know, we have like uh, five kids, so each one has a set of books waiting for them at the library because they order online. Right. And I go pick them up for them. Oh, oh that, that is cool. awesome. That's nice. So what, what was uh, other than the the Torah? What book do you think um, changed your life the most? If you read fictional and non-fictional, and you like personal development books, I'm a big personal development guy. Well, I can see that. Cause I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, besides that, you're saying? Yeah, you can't, I mean, you know, if you throw the Torah or the Bible in any of it, it's like, okay, that's a given. But no, like, it's not a given, because you see, you see, that's, that's a non-given, actually, because when I speak about the Torah, I mean, we have thousands of books. To, Right. So, I mean, any subject you want to bring up, they're in there. Right. So, uh, uh, it's funny because I was in Israel a few months ago, and my son had a book on health, on exercising and everything else from a tourist point of view. And it was like, what? No shit. Yeah, oh, wow. It was, so, it was very cool. So, I, right. so I actually bought it when I came back uh, from Amazon. And it's an amazing book because then it tells you that you know you're supposed to exercise, you're supposed to eat well, you're supposed to do this. So, that was a... Uh, that was something that a uh, unique take on the yeah. on the tour, yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's awesome. You know what's kind of cool is you, you kind of sound like a, a cross between. Um, you kind of sound like Schwarzenegger to me. You know, like he's doing the impressions and he's getting aggressive. Uh. He's, you're waving your hands around a lot, which is pretty cool. I mean, I'm getting a little scared. <laughs> honest, I'm sorry, Felix. I don't know what I did. You should have. You should have a video. Then you could see me. Right. And we're not. Out. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. isn't quite at the level where we could really put a video. We up. only had this one wall painted. Yeah. So yeah, the painter quit after well, the one time. She didn't quit. Curtains. We we ran out of paint. Too much stuff. No, I put a couple curtains in. You're there. You're there. Yeah. You're good. That's true. But we need to do it. Uh, that, that's all the questions. actually. I did a few sh- a few. Uh, uh, not you mentioned him. I did a few. Uh, Dinners with Schwarzenegger. No shit. Yeah, at the his uh, restaurant in, in Shotzi's. I got a good story if you want to hear it. I would love to hear okay. it. Oh yeah, please. So uh, uh, at the time he was a uh, he had a monthly uh, day. I'm sorry, a weekly dinner event where for seventy five dollars you get a dinner and you get two or three cigars with your meal and uh, obviously uh, Schwarzenegger would be there. Arnold would be there and his wife and sometimes uh, James Cameron. Who's, uh, who did the, the Terminator movie and everything else? All these bunch, you know, these Hollywood people would be there. And I don't even remember exactly how I was invited to be there. And so I went and um, and I had given them a cigar that we had made at the time called Doña Sara, which is named after my wife. And they, uh, they said, oh, so he said, well, come back. We'll let mm-hmm. you know if Arnold likes it. And then we'll, uh, we'll do the, the event. Uh, so uh, a week later, he called me. He said, okay, yeah, th- he liked it. Uh, we want you to bring about 300 cigars for the event. Oh, shit. I said, okay, well, let me send you an invoice. I'll get you an invoice. He says, uh, no, 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 no invoice. We don't pay for <laughs> we, we cigars. Do, we don't pay. <laughs> Arnold does not said, pay, pay for, for cigars. cigars. No, I said, well, then I can't give you cigars. Right. Because I work for a living. They cost me. I'm not. Uh, so I said, uh, well, thank you very much for the opportunity. And right. uh, uh, so, but he, they called me a few days later. He says, no, Arnold liked them. He wants to pay for them. So yeah, they actually paid for our cigars. No oh. shit. Yeah. And then, uh, and then uh, about a month later, they invited me again. They and they did another event with uh, there. So and they paid again for the cigars. That's <laughs> awesome. You've done set the standard. Yeah, that's a cool story, right? Yeah, absolutely. Did you get to meet him? Or? Yes, yes, I get to meet him. Got the. Uh, did, did he go? I have to pay for your cigars. <laughs> he says, I'll be back. <laughs> I'll be back there. Very good. That's really cool. That is really cool. You never heard that story, right, Hannah? I've kept a picture of it. Yeah. 
She just wrote it down. That's into yeah. her next. Uh, oh, she has a picture of him with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh no shit! Yes, he is actually uh, the, the picture. That is he handing you the check? That's the check no, he's the handing you for the that, that she's showing is actually with Frederick, who uh, who makes these amazing uh, accessories, uh, uh, bracelets, and he actually works for St. Dupont. And they take a Dupont lighter, which is expensive to begin with, right? And he puts uh, skulls and le and uh, and bronze and uh, uh, and silver around it. And their lighters is five to fifteen to twenty thousand dollars. And he said he actually sold the most expensive lighter ever, and is in Guinness World Records for half a million dollars to uh, to a casino in uh, uh, I forget exactly what it was, but that's uh, oh shit. Mm -hmm. That's and now and that's 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 how we. Came up with two saints. Two saints. He actually, Frederick came, went around. Oh wow! So they're showing me pictures of uh, the St. Duponts that are, that are done. That's really badass. Well, those are those are very cool. Wow! Do you want to hear another story, Mike? I love stories. Please, we love, love stories. stories. Okay. Well, uh, Frederick had the first year that we were at the IPCPR. Frederick uh, from Two Saints, who was actually working with St. Dupont when that was right across the uh, the aisle from us, came around and said, uh, "I've been. Uh, do you mind if I try one of your cigars?" He said, but I don't like heavy cigars because I don't like a strong cigar that you can't feel. I said, well, then try this. So we gave him something special. And he went away, came back. He said, I liked it. Let me try something else. So I gave him a Havana Sunrise. And he's, then he really liked the Ringo because uh, he wanted to try the Ringo because he also has some Western motif uh, in, his, in his lines. And he came back and said, okay, well, you know what? I tried them all. Let me try the one that you said was really strong. So I gave him an Ego. And he uh, came back. He loved it. And at the end of the show, he bought four boxes to take back with him. And then when he went back to France, he called me and says, uh, Felix, I've been looking for three years for someone to make a cigar with us. And uh, I'd like you to make a cigar with us. So I said, okay, let me blend the cigar. Mm -hmm. Let me send it to you and see what you think. So I did. I blended a cigar and I sent it to him. And um, he absolutely loved it. And he was like very enthusiastic. He said, well, let's call this one, what the F? Let's call this one this. I'm like, Frederick, we're coming out with these amazing cigars. Let's call them some cool names. You know, right. you speak French. I speak French. But give them some French names. So I get one. Uh, uh, so I give them La Douce Nuit, which means the sweet night, and I give them La Nuit Blanche, which is a uh, white night. And uh, uh, we came up one called uh, La Petite Mort, which is means the little death. And in France, the little death is naturally having an orgasm. <laughs> so, so, so we came up with those, and then and now they're doing very well. This year, he he absolutely. I didn't go to the IPCPR for the last couple of years because of. Uh, the FDA problems, right? But this year he said, Felix, you have to come here. I want to bring all my stuff from uh, from uh, from France, and I want you to because they're gonna. I know they're gonna be asking me for the cigar, right? And, I, and if you're not there, they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be like, where is he? So uh, I want you to be there next to me. So we took. So I'm back at the FPCPR with uh, with uh, Frederick and uh, our stuff. That's awesome. So uh, do you just distribute to France outside of the U.S. or is it just? No, no, no. We sell, we sell, it, we sell it nationally. It's, it's our cigar that we sell nationally, Two Saints, uh, which is a heavy body cigar that we make with a Lijero wrapper from our land. And it's an old Honduran uh, wrapper, uh, Honduran cigar, which is uh, the one that you're smoking is all Honduran. So we roll it in the Nicaragua. So, so, just, so you just sell to the U.S. and France, or are there other countries outside of the United States that you sell to? Well, we've been uh, we've been sending cigars to a lot of countries, so uh, hopefully. But it's very hard to get into a country mm -hmm. because there's, there's, a, there's a lot of politics and the customs. And uh, so I think little by little, people are asking for the cigars, and they want it there. So it's, uh, uh, we've already we were, we were approved for France. Right. And we were approved for uh, Germany. Now we're working with a company in Estonia, so it's you know, different places. So, so it sounds like you're expanding, man. You know, no matter what I say about a cigar, right? No matter what I, I can, I can tell you, it's the greatest cigar. It's the, it's made with, you know, uh, we have virgins, you know, rolling them on this, <laughs> right? Eyes, and uh, and uh, I can give you the biggest story, which is ever. really hard on a box press. On a box press, okay. right? Well, no, because about first you roll a, you roll it around, and then you box press. Right, it. Okay. So the flavors are still there. Okay? Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so they don't box press it on the leg. On the leg, right? I mean, that's just stupid. So. Uh, no matter what I say, I always say, you know what, the final result, no matter what I, I can uh, tout the, the biggest, the best things about a cigar, but the best uh, uh, test is to put it in your mouth and to puff on it. And mm -hmm. then you'll know whether you like it or I'm, uh, either it's good or I'm just uh, giving you stories. Right. Absolutely. Well, I mean, this is really good. I'm really impressed with the stick. What about you, Mike? Uh, yeah, it was good. It's my second one because I had the red one too, but yeah. What do you very, think between the red and the black? Uh, the black one is definitely stronger. Well, yeah, that that comes from our land. The other one's from uh, from Halab. But it's, you see, 
again, misconception about strength. I don't want a cigar. I don't want to make a cigar that's just strength that mm-hmm. just hits you in the back of your throat. It's like, oh, because I want to have the biggest and the baddest right, and the strongest right. cigar. No, I think it believe No, it had good flavor also. Right. I believe uh, a cigar should not be boring. It should change. Because right. I'm here, especially like the right now. I'm not lighting a cigar because I'm, uh, I'm afraid about it since you told me not to make any noise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in terms of, of, of a cigar, you should have a cigar that's not boring. I mean, you have a relationship with it, just like you have a relationship with friends. Right. If I'm here sitting and uh, having a drink with you and talking to you for a couple of hours, I'm smoking a cigar. If it's, if it's boring, I'm not enjoying myself. Right. right. So it's something that you want. And cigars are definitely a social animal. Yeah, for sure. Well, exactly. That's what they're made for. Mm-hmm. Oh, good. Brought the lighter back. Yep. He took the lighter away from me. I didn't put it down. So I was, couldn't light it was that the final question, Michael? That was the final question, other than uh, Felix like tell people how to get a hold of you. Email, yes. social media. Well, we have... Um, Heather's phone number. <laughs> uh, the email is very simple. It's Felix at FelixAsseline.com. And we have... Uh, A-S-S-O-U-L-I-N. You have a very nice website. I was on it this morning. Oh, you were? Yeah, it's Good. very very pretty. That's... Uh, and again, we do that all in-house. We have a, a guy that works with us in Nicaragua. From Nicaragua, he does everything. His name is Gustavo, and I love the guy. He does beautiful, beautiful work, uh, posters, everything he does for us. Yeah. And um, so it's Felix at FelixAsseline.com, or um, we have different websites that, uh, that we work with that sell our cigars, obviously, and we have many... Uh, um, Brick and mortar stores. Uh, what was the other question you wanted? If you want to give any of them shout outs, you, you can go give, ahead. Yeah. Any yeah. of the retailers online. So people any place can try can on your places where you can find your cigars, that, all that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, we have We're a unbiased. cigar store. We have uh, cigarstome.com. Uh, uh, and we have uh, Heather can give you a full list of uh, retailers that we have. Okay. And you said you wanted. We have a. F- you have an Instagram name? name? What's the name of our group? There you go. Felix Sassoline Cigar Family. And we have some very loyal people on there. And that's on who, Facebook? Uh, that's on Facebook, yes. We have who take pictures who, who uh, take pictures of every step of the way as they're smoking the cigar, send it to us and make comments and they bomb each other with cigars, which I think is uh, an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah, absolutely. So but you don't have an Instagram name or anything like that? Yes, we do. Yeah, yeah, he does. Felix Asseline, uh, I believe. Yeah, Felix Asseline. At Felix Asseline? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Is that it? Uh, that, that's it. That's everything we got. But I, I'm so glad you're back. It's so hard to run this and do your job at the same time. Right? That was You I missed was, me. Uh, well, I, I just wanted you. to know I'd be lost I without you, too, because I don't know what the fuck you're doing <laughs> over there. But it looks important. Um, well, I just uh, want to say that Mike said to me that I could curse all I want before. So I didn't. So he's doing it for me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you try and make the intro because you want to make sure that everybody knows what they're doing, you know, or what they're permitted to say and what they're not permitted to say, right? Some people are comfortable doing it, some people aren't. Yeah. I'm, I'm not a huge cursor myself, but Mikey likes to drop the, the word. Occasional. Yeah. The occasional word. I like to work it in. Yeah. It's part, part of the uh, repertoire. Exactly. Yeah, like yeah it. it is part of the industry also. So. Exactly. Um, okay, well, hey, Felix, you know, I really appreciate you coming on the show. My and pleasure. again, Yeah, coming so back the second day, we t- appreciate that. Yeah, you're taking the time out of your schedule because I know it's not easy being on the road and then holding off an extra day to come out and and uh, stay just for the podcast and smoke cigars with us, you know. Well, we had a really nice uh, event yesterday at uh, tap, uh, Ash Tap Room. Ash Tap Room. Patrick and, and the guys. Right. We really had a great time. So uh, it was late, so there's no way I could have left anyway uh, unless I wanted to drive another five hours back. And so we're so I was very happy that uh, Heather said that you know what Mike and Mike Mike and Mike are available today to do a podcast. So it was really good for me to be here. I awesome. appreciate it. Thank you. And uh, you know we wish you nothing but the you know the most success in the industry. It seems like you know you got your shit together. You've you've been through uh, been through a lot so far in the industry. And very you know, what vertical is that the word? I yeah. mean he's doing vertical everything. integration. Like yeah. Yeah. Synergy. It's all about synergy. <laughs> so buzzwords. Just gonna drop buzzwords now. Right. And uh, I guess that'll conclude this podcast. All right, folks, that's it. Show's over. If you like what we're doing, please tell your friends about us. Leave feedback. We always like to hear if you like the show or not, or if you have any suggestions for guests that we might possibly uh, bring on at a later date. You can find us on our Facebook page at A Cigar Hustlers Podcast, or you can follow us on Instagram at Cigar Hustlers Podcast. Thanks for listening. 